What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Here's how the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions dealing with anything and everything from morality to spirituality, relationship advice, evangelization, discipleship and catechesis, questions about social justice or acts of charity. I will then spend time with your questions. I will pray with your questions, study and hopefully respond in such a way that is helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. But here's my disclaimer. I'm not perfect. Therefore, the advice that I share with you, that I give to you, might not actually be good for you. If that's the case, then I want to give you the freedom to reject whatever it is that I say that it's not good for you to become a saint, to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. However, if my advice is helpful, though difficult, then I want to encourage you to lean into Jesus in prayer and the sacraments and scripture and study and service so that God can give you the grace over time that you may need to fulfill the demands of discipleship. If you are a first time listener, you can hit me up with your own questions at www.ascensionpress.com slash askfatherjosh. That's um, spell out A-S-K-F-A-T-H-E-R-J-O-S-H. So ascensionpress.com slash askfatherjosh. You can rate us and review us on iTunes and other uh, podcast formats. You can also share us on your social media pages. That way other people can uh, find out about the show. If it's a gift for you, potentially it could become a gift for other people. You can also pre-order my new book with Father Mike Schmitz. It is available for pre-order right now on ascensionpress.com. It's called Pocket Guide to the Sacrament of Reconciliation. And you can buy my books, Pocket Guide to uh, Adoration and Broken and Blessed, which are also available at ascensionpress.com. Um, on today's show, we're going to talk about uh, scripture and why do some people's names change in scripture? We're going to give some practical advice about the vice of envy and how to overcome that that deadly sin. And we're also gonna address cultivating a daily prayer routine, not just the every now and then, but like a consistent, intentional daily prayer routine for you and Jesus. But before we get into those topics, I wanna share with you a glory story. So my glory story is this: is the, the rosary, y'all. The rosary is such a gift. Ah, love it so much. So I was, uh, you know, I, so my temperament is wild melancholic, right? So uh, yeah, melancholic people we tend to uh, we can be prone to brooding every now and then. <laughs> and so the other day, like literally, we're just chilling and uh, just chilling. Uh, I was settling down. And I was I was sitting down and I was just I was I had my Bible in my hand and it's really good book I'm reading right now and in um, my rosary and so uh, I mean it was a beautiful day and I was with the Word of God but at some point I began to think about just you know other people and <laughs> and I was tempted by the enemy to brood Satan came in my little, my little sacred places in, of prayer and began to suggest to me that I should focus on the imperfections of some other people in the body of Christ, some other people in the church. 
And I was like, nope, not today. And so I was like, I need to just, I'm going to pray the rosary because right now it's so easy for me to be distracted. And so if I pray the rosary with the beads in my hands and like say the words out loud, I'm going to focus on this instead of that. And I could focus on this or I could focus on that. You could look at this or you could look at that. So I decided to look at the rosary and I'm like, and I, I knocked out three uh, of the decades earlier in the day. Then I had to stop and celebrate mass. And uh, so I was like, I'm gonna finish my my two other decades. I was it was uh, this was a Tuesday, and so it was the Sorrow for Mysteries. And y'all, the Rosary is so good. Uh, as I'm like looking at Christ, the life of Jesus with uh, with my mom Mary, uh, the Blessed Virgin, and she just took me straight to the foot of the cross, when Jesus Christ said, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do." And I was like, yo, like, why am I tripping about these other people? Like, I got my own, like, log in my eye. I'm looking at the dust in theirs, like, and so just, it was, I began to pray for them and intercede for them instead of, you know, focus on their imperfections. And all of a sudden, this peace came back. And I was like, man, the rosary is so good. So anyways, if you find yourself tempting, uh, tempted to brood, uh, recognize who's suggesting that to you. Do you think that's coming from God or from the enemy? And if you don't want to do it, one practical way that you can fight against it is by going to Mary and so that Mary could take you to Jesus. Like she took me to Jesus. She's so good. So she's so good, so good, so good. The devil hates it, but she's so good, so good, so good. Mary is so, 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 so good. So, uh, yeah, that's the glory story. Now, before we answer our questions, I got some feedback from Anonymous. Hey, Father Josh, during one of your podcasts, you mentioned resources for purchasing Catholic art that represents many skin colors. I can't find that information. Can you make that more readily available? Thank you. And thank you for the podcast and the wonderful people you bring. God bless you. Yeah, I mean, there there are really, there are so many. Uh, But one that you could look into is portraitsofsaints.com. Uh, portraitsofsaints.com. They have a number of different beautiful portraits that are available uh, of of St. Joseph and Bakita and St. Martin de Porres and St. Charles Luanga and St. Perpetua and Felicity and Mother Amri de Lille and Sister Thea Bowman. They have these beautiful portraits of of all saints of all ethnicities, St. Kateri Tecaquita, St. John Paul II, Padre Pio. And so they are definitely a good resource if you are looking for some beautiful portraits. They also have images of our Blessed Mother from all nations. So Our Lady of Akita, Our Lady of Cabejo, Our Lady of Fatima, Our Lady of Lourdes, Our Lady of Guadalupe. Uh, and so, yeah, that, that's, that's definitely a website you might want to check out. And uh, they can give you frame pictures or canvas pictures or... Uh, many different things like that. So they have a bunch of different options. So that's definitely one one source that you might want to check out. All right. So let's get into today's show. First question comes in from Mary Alice. I like the name Mary Alice. Mary Alice. She says this, Father Josh, why does Jesus change the name of people like Simon becomes Peter? Uh, What purpose, reason, significance of people's names being changed in Scripture? Mary Alice. So that's that's a a really good question, uh, Mary Alice. So, yeah, first of all, in in Catholic tradition, as as well as like in Jewish tradition as well, 
whenever a name changes, it's typically symbolic of that person entering into a new season in their life. Um, like a married couple, if uh, a man marries his wife, typically her last name changes, right? Because she's entering into a new season. She's no longer um, who she was before. She has now become one flesh with someone else. She has a new mission to get this man to heaven who has a mission to get her to heaven. And so uh, so whenever names change, whether in the secular world or in Judaism or in Catholicism, it's typically that it's some symbolism of one entering a new space in their life. Uh, in scripture, uh, God did this over and over again. We see this with the patriarchs, Abram. Um, uh, his name was changed to Abraham. So Abram, the name literally means in Hebrew, exalted father. When his name changed to Abraham, his name became father of the multitudes. Uh, Jacob, uh, his name literally meant supplanter. Uh, and his name was changed to Israel, which means one who prevails with God. Jesus did the same thing with Simon, Kepha, uh, the Greek is Petros. Uh, and, and again, this signified this new role that he would play in the church. Uh, in the sacraments, we see the same thing, right? Whenever uh, someone is confirmed, they get the name of a saint, right? Uh, whenever someone is baptized, uh, sometimes they're, bap they're, they're baptized in a, a saint name as well. Uh, and so again, it's to it's to be invited into a new place and space because we're receiving a new mission, a new identity from God. And also this happens even outside the sacraments and consecrations in religious life. Whenever a woman or a man professes vows, quite often in religious communities, they take on a new name as a way to show the world that their new name is a sign that they have a new life. Uh, that, they've, that their old self has died and that they are now a new person in the body of Christ with a new mission uh, for the gospel. So uh, that is one of the reasons why there are name changes in the secular realm, in scripture, in the sacraments, and in religious life. Good question. All right. Next question is about envy. Man, ooh, this is this is where this is that vice. Uh, this is the vice that everybody in their mama needs to make sure that they fight against because this is the vice that Satan. It was Satan's envy that brought death into the world, and so we got to be very, very careful about this one. Anonymous writes this: Hey, Father Josh, how can one overcome envy? I know it's not good, and I recognize when I'm envious, but I'm not sure what practical steps I can take to overcome this vice. Thank you so much for your help in my spiritual growth. I'm praying for you. Thank you, Anonymous. Yeah, so that is a yeah, great, 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 great question. So first of all, let's define envy. I think it's really important that we define our terms. Sometimes we use words and we don't know what they mean. I'm finding a lot of people are doing this nowadays. Uh, people are using terms and they have no idea what those terms mean. Uh, such as Marxist and communist, uh, uh, people are throwing those words around a lot lately, and I don't think they even have any idea what they're talking about. But envy, let's talk about this. So envy is an irrational like um, sadness whenever someone else uh, is experiencing good fortune or, or blessings, blessings on blessings on day, day. Dead, dead, blessings, blessings, and so, um, and it's also a a covetous, like you, ten commandments, that should not covet, right? A covetous desire to possess that which belongs to someone else. So that's what envy is. Envy is imitation of Satan. It is an invitation of the devil. All right, in the Bible, we read that God created 
man for incorruption and made him in the image of his own eternity. But through the devil's envy, death entered the world. And those who belong to his party experience it. So envy will literally bring death to our relationships with each other. I've witnessed envy destroy friendships of over 20 years. Envy will bring death to marriages. Envy will bring death in ministries. Envy will bring death to our relationship with God. It can literally separate us from our God who loves us so much and who desires for us to abide in relationship with, with him. So we need to be aware that envy must be checked. If gone unchecked, it would literally destroy everything. So St. Peter, he, he specifically commands this in the scriptures. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, he says, put away all envy. Like, put it away. St. Peter was like, don't play. Don't play with their vice. So how do we do this? Well, I would propose three things. Um, a, an act of prayer, fasting, and service. So obviously fasting, first of all, like how do you experience envy? So if it's just general, then you know fasting is always good because there are certain demons, that, there are certain vices that can only be combated through prayer and fasting. So certainly fast, right? Fast on Wednesdays and Fridays on bread and water or, you know, one meal a day and water and coffee or something like that or, you know, whatever. But if it's like specifically envy with like, a person on their social media pages, then fast from social media. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. So get away from that near occasion of sin for you, which might be your cell phone, might be your social media pages. So fast from that. A lot of people do Exodus 90 or Nineveh 90 or 30, whatever it's called, um, are different, uh, or they take different pieces of those programs. Those things can also be helpful in helping one to combat their vices. So fasting, super important. Number two is prayer. But how do you pray specifically? I would say pray the litany of gratitude. And so litany of gratitude is where you you focus on, like you use the, the rosary beads, and on each bead, after you say a Hail Mary, thank God for a gift. God, you know what? Like, like, don't focus on what you don't have. Focus on what you do. Focus on the fact that, like, you know what, God, if you wanted me to have something else, you would give it to me because you're a good father. And if I don't need that, then you're not going to give it to me. Um, and so... God, I'm grateful that I can walk. I'm grateful that I can talk. Like there are so many people who can't talk. There's so many people who can't walk. I'm grateful that I can hear. I'm grateful that I have the ability to go to church any day of the week. I'm grateful that I have access to the Blessed Sacrament. I'm grateful that I have a Bible so I can listen to your voice. I'm grateful for my roof over my head or the clothes on my back because I recognize there are some people who don't have a roof over their head or clothes on their back. God, I'm grateful for like just when we start to focus on all those things to be grateful for, that helps us to combat the vice. But finally, being merciful, um, being merciful to those who we experience envy of. Jesus Christ himself says in the gospel of Luke chapter 6, verse 35 to 36, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the selfish. Be merciful as your Father is merciful. So Jesus Christ himself tells us to be merciful. So go out and do acts of mercy um, toward other people who we are envious of, expecting nothing from them. Serve them. And when we do this, uh, this will help us to find freedom from that vice over time. It might be a year from now. It might be five years. It might be 10 years. But freedom will happen eventually. All right. We'll take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to address our final question. And if you're looking for a way to learn more about your Catholic faith, I invite you to check out the Ascension Presents YouTube channel. 
you're going to find tons of free videos featuring Catholic presenters like Matt Frad, Leah Darrow, Jackie Bobby Angel, and Emily Wilson. Go to youtube.com slash ascension presents. That's youtube.com slash ascension presents. And if you like what you see, please share and subscribe. And we're back. All right. Final question is about a daily prayer routine. Hey, Father Josh, I really enjoy your podcast. I've really learned a lot from it and I find it very useful and inspirational as I can incorporate it into my life and my decisions. One thing that I'm wondering about is building a practice of daily prayer. I enjoy reading the Bible and journaling daily, both in the morning and at night. And I find that I learn so much from reading his word and hear him speaking to me there. Also, starting with the first of the year, I've been starting meditation. This has been helpful to calm me down and silence the thoughts that are always running through my head. In my head. Uh, however, I still feel like I'm missing the part of actually praying. I would do all these things, but I don't know if I should be doing more like actually sitting down and talking to God. This is difficult for me as I'm pretty much a quiet person, don't talk a lot. I do pray the rosary sometimes, but hardly ever do my own prayers. I prefer to read or write and let God talk to me through those sources. Is that wrong or should I be doing more, like actual spoken word prayer? Do you have any advice for someone like me continuing to grow in my relationship with God and approaching Him in prayer? Also, how does meditation, sitting in silence, focusing on my breath, play into my worship of God? Thank you so much, Anonymous. So first of all, Anonymous, I think you're doing a great job. The fact that you are praying in the morning and at night, that you are listening to God's voice in the Bible, that's prayer. You're listening and that you're speaking back to him. When you when you write, it sounds like you might not speak vocally with words, but you are vocally speaking to him through your written word in your journal. So if you could just write down your thoughts, feelings, and desires as you are listening to the word of God, like what's the word of God saying to you, write that down to Jesus and tell him that way. And that is that is prayer, right? You don't have to have spontaneous prayers that you speak out loud. If you are an introvert and a very quiet person by nature, your writing is sufficient. Um, I think as far as like meditation goes, uh, I would just encourage you to make sure that Christian meditation isn't focusing on ourself. Christian meditation is focusing on God. So there's a difference between Christian meditation and New Age meditation. Christian meditation, as taught by the church for thousands of years, um, is literally um, focusing on what is God's word saying to you. So that's what we focus on in Christian meditation. Now, what can help you to avoid distractions is like the Jesus prayer as you focus on your breath. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, breathe in. Have mercy on me, a sinner. Breathe out. Right. So that can just help you in your focusing on God to settle into the word. Um, but we don't want to focus too much on ourselves in prayer. Prayer is about God, not about us. And so I'll just encourage you to keep reading the word. Keep journaling your thoughts, feelings, and desires based on what the Word of God is saying to you, and uh, and sit with them intentionally and consistently as you're doing right now in the morning for 15, 30 minutes, and at night for 15 to 30 minutes. I think you're doing a great job, so uh, keep it up. All right, well, that's all for the show. I think my computer's running out of space right now, so I need to hurry up and wrap it up with a quick prayer before this thing shuts down. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever, amen. All right, y'all, love you very much. God bless you. See you next week at Ask Father Josh. Deuces.